and uh, this is part nine of this series. And I trust that it will be a blessing to us. So, when Jesus had risen from the dead, on the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered in one place. And the doors were shut because the Jews were fearing the, 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 the people, the, 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 the believers were fearing the Jews, the other people that would come in. Disciples were fearing the Jews. But, but Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. Now, I want you to understand that the doors were shut. But Jesus stood in the midst of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus does not need the doors, the physical doors to be open yes. for him to come. That's why we sing the song The Love of God is rich and pure. It's measureless and it is strong. It reaches where no man can reach. It can reach to the lowest hell. And it can reach to the heaven. You see, the love of God is unquenchable. That's like God is love. And so, no matter where you are, you might be hidden somewhere. You might be in a big temple or sanctuary. You might be in a small room somewhere. You might be in a bush somewhere. But wherever you are, if you have the hunger for God, he will come and fill you. We have seen that it is not the beautiful tabernacle that he comes in. It's not a small place that he comes in. It is the heart that desires and is expectant of him that he comes in. Hallelujah. Amen. So we see here he was, uh, the disciples were closed in a room. I believe it might have been as small as probably this room is. You know, 12 men were closed in there. 11 men rather. And they were all fearing the Jews. They were fearing the Jews because they were not filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, you fear to testify about Jesus because you have not yet received the Holy Ghost. You, you can even fear to carry your Bible on the roadside and walk because you have not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost. And in a generation whereby people have Bibles on their iPads, on their phones, they feel that they can go to that to the church with that. Because they don't have the Holy Ghost. But I tell you, the moment they receive the Holy Ghost, Amen, you will take your Bible and you will walk with it on the road. You will even go to it with it to work. If you are seated in an office, you will put your Bible by your side and you will read it when 
whenever you have a moment even if you are going to school you will have your bible with you wherever you are going you will have your bible with you why because you are not ashamed of jesus christ you are not ashamed of this gospel amen let me tell you the, the moment young men will be filled with all the ghosts you will find all these streets of of namgongo filled with different young men amen standing there and preaching and declaring the gospel and bringing in souls that want to come to Jesus. But why are they ashamed? Why are they so busy? It's not because they have too much to do. But it is because they are ashamed of him. When you receive the Holy Ghost, everything changes. These 11 men were closed in a room because there were too much filled with fear. They had something but they were fearful about it. They were fearful about testifying about it because they have not experienced it. I hope you are following me. They had something but they had not experienced it. They had understood something but they had not experienced it. They had received a revelation of something but they had not experienced it. There is a difference between knowledge or revelation and experience. And both of it is good. But one of them alone is not good. Praise the name of the Lord. And so this man, Jesus, appeared in their midst. Hallelujah. Amen. The revelation of the word will bring Christ in our midst. These men had the revelation of the word. When did they receive the revelation of the word? When Jesus was with them for three and a half years. He was revealing himself to them. Little by little. Why? Because he was the word. And he was revealing himself to the disciples. The revelation of the word brings Christ. But when Christ comes, what does he do? He fills you with himself. Hallelujah. Amen. When Jesus Christ rose again from the dead, he didn't tell them, now go and preach the gospel. You are ready. Because you have the revelation of the word. But he told them, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He breathed on them. And he said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. I'd like you to turn to the book of Revelation chapter 10. We can begin from Revelation chapter 5. Be a little fast because I, I, I have some lot of things to read to you and tell you. And, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side, 
sealed with seven seals. Nenda ba mumukono guadio ogoye yaliatu de kuntebe echitabe chuandi kidwa mundane kunguru echibidwa kenyo bonero omusamvu. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to lose these seals thereof? Nenda ba malaiko amani ngabudi la nedobozi denenti ania sani de. And no man in heaven, no man in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed the root of david has prevailed to open the book and lose the seven seals thereof and i beheld and law in the midst of the throne of and, uh, the, and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood as a lamb as it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Nindaba wakati wentebe nebida mwebina ni wakati wabakade omwana gwendiga nga imiride nga afana nanga eyatibwa nga alina ama yembe musamvu na maso musamvu jemio yomusamvu eja katonda ejitumibwa Verse 4 again, and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And verse 6, and I beheld and law in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of uh, the um the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. So I want to tell you that the lion became the lamb. The lion was worthy. But the Bible says that when John turned to see, so alarmed. Listen, church. And Islam was slain before the foundation of the world. Of course, we know that the Lamb means Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? The Lamb is Jesus Christ. And when was he slain for our sin? He was slain for our sins before the foundation of the world. Meaning, uh, the penalty for sin was paid before uh, even the foundation of the world. The penalty of sin was already paid even before the sin was committed. Why? Because God had his children in his mind. And he, he knew that his children would be overcome. 
In every generation that they would have his nature, they would have his life. But before that, he knew that they would fall. And he had made a way for them when they fall. A way for them to be restored. And God himself became a lamb. How did he become alive? God himself put on flesh. Amen. Amen. Jesus was not just a body or just a son of God. The Bible says God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. And this is the lamb we see in the book of Revelation. When was he slain? Before the foundation of the world. Why was he slain? Hallelujah. For those that were in him before the foundation of the world. Did you get it? The reason why he was slain is to redeem those who were in him before the foundation of the world. I want to say I am one of them. I was in him before the fall. And I will be in him after the fall. Hallelujah. I was in him before the fall. I was in him before I came to the world. And I will continue to be in him even after this. I was in him in eternity. Hallelujah. And I will be in him after time. That's why Apostle Paul says, Why can separate us from the love of Christ? From the love of God. Nothing can separate me from Christ. Nothing can separate me. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because I've always been a part of him. Oh, hallelujah. But when I fell a little bit, he had a plan for me. He had a plan to redeem me. He had a plan to bring me back himself. And that was the cross. The cross was a plan for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Like we see in the in the, in the, in the like Brother Banam talks about uh, the, the Manasseh and uh, Ephraim. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, praise the Lord. The children of Joseph. As he brought them to his father. Uh, Abraham. Uh, 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 you know to bless and when his father wanted to bless them you know his hands crossed and while Jacob was there Joseph was confused what are you doing father he said God has done this and the hand of the of, 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 of Jacob when the right one went to the the hand was crossed. What, this, the right one went to the younger. And the left one went to the younger. The older, rather. And as, as it were, 
it was trying to show the miracle of the cross. This old man did not do it in his own accord. It was by nature. It was by design that the blessing of the younger will go to the older. The blessing which was of the Jews. The blessing which was of the elect of the Jews. The seed of God those that he had chosen. Amen. It was supposed to be their blessing. That's why we even call him the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. But look, the blessing of, of, of the Jews, the blessing of Israel, amen, actually was supposed to be there, but it was crossed by the way of the cross down to the younger down to the Gentiles by the way of the cross the Gentiles were able to be connected to redemption and I want to say when Joseph was telling his father daddy you have made a mistake he said no it is not a mistake God has done this I want to say for us to receive redemption it is never a mistake it was God who has done this Right now, the Jews don't know Jesus Christ. And the Gentiles will know him. It is not by mistake. God has done this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to show you we have received this end time message. It is not by mistake. God has done this. And when you know what God has done in your life, you are not even apologetic. Hallelujah. Amen. God has given you a blessing. And you are always apologizing. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to offend you. But actually, I'm, I'm the bride of Christ. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend you. Actually, I believe this. Let me tell you. We don't need to be sorry for what the cross has done for us. Let us leave the lives that we are supposed to live. Let us manifest the character and nature that we are supposed to manifest. We are not supposed to be sorry for it. And we see in the book of Revelation, chapter 5, that the lamb was worthy. John saw a lamb as it was slain before the foundation of the world. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now in Revelation 10, the lamb was worthy to take the book. And we know that it's Jesus Christ. And in Revelation 10, verse 1, and I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as the pillars of fire. And he had in his right hand a little book open. And uh, he right foot uh, okay and he had okay and he sat 
his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roared. Are you following me, church? And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. We did talk about the seven thunders. And when the seven, because what is the seven thunders? And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to ride. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered. And write them not. So the contents of the seven thunders were hidden away. It was kept away, it was sealed away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But verse 7 says, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when it shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. I want to say this to you, church. Please follow me carefully. Praise the name of the Lord. When Jesus Christ, yes, Christ, who is the Lamb, the day he died on the cross he paid the price everything that Adam lost he paid for it every possession that Adam lost he paid for it hallelujah done all the work of redemption. He did it and he finished it. Now, Kakati. we are children of Adam because of the way we were born and we were born in a fallen nature that Adam brought us forth. But we were not supposed to remain that way. Because we had a kinsman redeemer. When he came, he redeemed Adam and all his estate. And the work of redemption was finished. When Jesus died on the cross, he said it is finished. Why? Watch. What was finished? The work of redemption was finished. Hallelujah. Amen. And anyone, and anything that was a part of him before the foundation of the world was supposed to be redeemed by then. Now, before the fall, there was no sickness. Before the fall, there was no suffering. Before the fall, there was no sin. And I want to say we have been redeemed back. Therefore, here is what I want to say. We, as the children of God, we need to know our God-given right now. And I'm coming back to this. But 
We need to know our God-given rights. The devil should not afflict us with his sickness. The devil should not make us fall into temptation. The devil should not overcome us. The devil should not. But he does. Because we do not know our rights. Praise the name of the Lord. If the true church will know who she is, the devil will not overcome it. I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. If you know who you are, oh, I'm not redeemed just I'm redeemed all the way back before the fall. And now I have that divine nature in me. The nature of Christ. The nature of the word. The devil has no right over me. If I am sick, the devil has no right to bring me this sickness. If I'm suffering, the devil has no right to bring me this kind of situation. By the way, Christianity is all about claiming our rights. When Jesus Christ died, I want to announce to you that he paid the price. And therefore now we are redeemed. If anybody asks you just who I am, you can tell them I am redeemed. And Jesus, yes, when he rose from the dead, what was the first words he spoke? He came to them. I said, peace Peace be unto you. Why did he say peace? Because it was a new day. Peace means shalom. Peace means it's over. Peace means no more death. No more sin. This is a new dispensation. He was announcing to them. I am the lamb that was worthy. I have taken the book. I have opened the book and all the names that are on the book is there time for them to arise and shine because their, their light has come he said peace be unto you but I want to show you now that as much as that was done they had to come at time when that kinsman, redeemer, would be also an enforcer. That which he has redeemed. When he has redeemed something, and somebody is holding on to it, he has to come back and enforce that which he redeemed to go free. And when does that happen? But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when it shall begin to sound, that mystery is going to be finished. This entire message does not begin something new. 
This message was not meant to do that. This message finishes that which was already started. Do you believe that? He says you will finish the mystery. Not open the book. But finish the mystery of the opening. You are getting it? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now I want you to go to the message Shalom and hear. Now I say to the church. Shalom. This was after the opening of the seal. God is peace. Who is he to say that? The anti-messenger. It was the time for the devil to know hallelujah that which was redeemed must now receive his redemption. Peace. Every true Hebrew when he meets another one, shalom, other words, good morning. God be with you. God is peace go with you. It's a good morning. It's a new day. It's no longer a day of suffering. It's no longer a day of crying. It's a day of joy. God is peace go with you. It's a good morning. How do you do? It's a breaking day. Church. It's darkness upon the people. But it's good morning to the church. Christ is appearing among us. Shalom. Peace. Hallelujah. Shalom. I tell you what, the church is no longer in, in the covering of the sackcloth. And crying terribly. Right now, the bride of Jesus Christ is at a time of rejoicing. Amen. Hallelujah. We have reached the season of rejoicing. Hallelujah. If it is revealed to you, it is revealed to you. Hallelujah. Amen. And when Jesus Christ said that, yes, we are and maybe we'll come back to that in a few days. Sometimes you say something, you feel like you want to go back to it and, and get into its depth. And when he, he said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive you the Holy Ghost. Now Jesus here was speaking to those that had received the word. We have already had a full obedience to the full word of God and titles us to the token. So after this moment, they still followed it. Him by faith. All the way up to the upper room. And they waited. Faithfully. You remember the question I read for you last time before I went. Someone asked a brother. He said, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? 
And here is, was, was his answer to him. He said, the apostle Peter laid it out plain. He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When he started it, it was a promise. It was a promise that was to them and for their children and to them that were far away. As men of the Lord our God shall be. These people were asking of how to receive the Holy Spirit. But here, listen, they were already convinced that they, they needed it. They had already been convinced it was an experience that they wanted. Faith plays a huge part because when you come to God, you must believe that he is. Not that he was, oh, he might be someday. You must believe when you come to him he is now and he will reward a diligent seeker you cannot receive anything from God except it is by faith hallelujah Amen. how many believe that you are saved you are saved do you believe it how many believe that Jesus saved how many believe he can save? Now, do you notice something? Though that it might seem as if it is the same question, but it's a different one. To believe that Jesus can save is not the same as you believing that he is your savior. Hmm. It is not believing that Jesus can save. But it is believing that he is your savior and that he will save you from sin. So you must believe that it is available to you, the Holy Ghost. Don't just believe God fills people with the Holy Ghost. Like on the upper room. You know, you can talk about all those things. But you should believe that Jesus can fill you with the Holy Ghost. Bring it personal to you. And you must believe it is God calling you and that he will reward you or that he will give you hallelujah if you diligently seek him he will reward those who diligently seek he will give you the Holy Ghost if you diligently seek him for he said blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled the Holy Ghost is a free gift that God wants you to receive. But it is something you must ask for. 
even you, the little children. You must ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I think that that would be the greatest prayer that we as parents should teach the children. Can God fill the children with the Holy Ghost? Can he? He can. He has. And he will. If, if you then look 11.3 says if you then who know how to give gold gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. It begins, listen church, it begins with a sincere prayer. Asking for the Holy Ghost. First, sins must be repented of. God cannot fill a vessel still filled with sin. He will not dwell with devils. He will not dwell in you when you are still filled with your habits. Are you hearing me? He will not dwell in you when you are still filled with your habits. Habits are evil spirits. They're demons. Evil spirits. So they must be laid on the altar and you must die out to your sins and the sin nature. They must die on the altar of self-sacrifice. It is important that you not only repent, but you accept God's pardon. Of your sins. You must realize that no sin is too great that God's blood will not cleanse. Hallelujah. How can I receive the Holy Ghost? I'm telling you how. Hallelujah. Amen. When you come to the Lord, you must be ready to burn and kill all your habits. You must be ready to surrender. You must be ready to give it up. You must be ready to ask to empty yourself. To repent of all things. And be ready for him to fill you. And when you do, Hallelujah. Man. And you have repented of all the things you have done. Then you've confessed it all to him. Hallelujah. Man. Now many times we think that we need to receive a sign that God has forgiven us. Oh, my sins, the ones I've done are so great that God, oh, he may never, I need to first get a sign. Oh God, if you have forgiven me, do this. Hallelujah. Amen. 
You don't need to put God to a test. You know whether or not he has forgiven you. Many times God forgives you but you don't forgive yourself. And because of that, that attitude stands in your way of receiving the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that the moment you come to the Lord in prayer of repentance and confession that very moment you walk away totally free and forgiven no matter how many people look at you as a sinner you are no longer a sinner the moment you confess your sins to him and you surrender your heart to him and you tell him how much you need his cleansing blood the Bible tells me that his blood has washed your sins away it can never be remembered again hallelujah amen now, Kati. the next part is for you to accept to accept what he has done for you. Do you accept the blood is powerful? That's right. Amen. But do you accept it is powerful for your sins? That blood is not powerful for other people's sins. It is powerful for you, for me. So you must realize that no sin is too great that God's blood will not clean. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't understand. You don't know how much I've died. You don't know how much sin I've been in. You don't know what the these things I've done. I don't care how big they are. I don't care how much has been in your mind. I don't care what plans you have made in your mind that have been so dirty and, and, and so filthy. I don't care which actions you have planned to do or actions you have done in the past. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, you can't. But, but the only way to go is you must first accept that when you come before him in prayer and you power everything out to him in prayer that moment he has forgiven you and listen, he has yeah. not whitewashed you. But he has cleansed you. And taken your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. He can no longer remember them. If there is anything you have ever repented before the Lord. I am here to announce to you today. God no longer remembers it. In the sea of forgetfulness. If you remember it, that's your trouble. But I want to now encourage you today to forget it also. 
Hallelujah. Amen. If it was in your past, it was in your past. It's no longer in you. And it's no longer in your present. But now, you can start again. You can start over. Come to him. You accept his forgiveness. With a true revelation of God's willingness. Now listen, listen, listen. But the Bible says some people don't know that they have the Holy Ghost because they are taught wrong. And some, they don't have the Holy Ghost because they are taught wrong. So I'm teaching you right. With a true revelation of God's willingness with a true revelation of God's willingness to give you the Holy Ghost and the power of his blood to cleanse your past Satan is powerless to hold you prisoner to your guilt and shame. Hallelujah. If you receive a revelation that God is willing to give me the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill me with the Holy Ghost. And you receive a revelation that my past is totally forgiven and forgotten. Then Satan becomes powerless. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Satan becomes powerless. But many of you are carrying your past. And you become a slave to your past. You think because you did it, you are a part of it and it is a part of you. And you can even stay in church for years. But when you have never forgiven yourself. Even when you go to prayer. Instead of praying. People think you are praying. But you are really talking to yourself. Look at me now. I'm sure you are fools to even think that God can hear my prayer. Me, I can even be like the others. I'm just a big time sinner. I shouldn't deceive myself. I don't even deserve to be here. Look at me. And and I'm praying. People think you are in the spirit. But you are preaching to yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm here today to preach to you. And to tell you. You don't need to preach to yourself no more. If you have repented of something. The blood of Jesus. Is Powerful to cleanse you, to make you whole, to establish you in Christ, and to set you on a new course. And filled with the Holy Ghost. There is no guilt and shame anymore. Then you must, at that moment, Hallelujah. Amen. Then you must yield yourself to God to be filled with the Spirit. And even raise your hand. 
as a sign of total surrender and begin to thank God for his gift hallelujah knowing one thing he will not hold it away from you he will not withhold the Holy Spirit from you do it and see <laughs> Hallelujah. Yielding to the spirit is now so important. Surrendering all that you are to God and then accept. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Allowing it to fall. Like rain down. Falling down. Around all the thirsty soil. Where the seed is. The seed is in you. When it comes down. The, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit rain. Latter rain. When it comes down. Hallelujah. Amen. He fills you with himself. Now, that is an experience. It's not a doctrine. It's an experience. Now, people will ask you, how do you know you have the Holy Spirit? And I've seen many people fidgeting. You know, if you have received that experience, you know. It's not a guesswork. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a definite experience. One cannot be filled with it and doesn't know. Let me ask you a question. Can a mother give birth to a baby and does not know? I gave birth but I'm not aware. <laughs> Sister Juliet, maybe you can tell her. Sister Juliet, Actually, brethren, I, I think I gave birth. I'm not so sure. I cannot fully certainly say, but I think this is an experience. You can even describe. You can even tell how that little pain and twitch and Peace and pushing how everything happened. Let me tell you, every woman gives birth. Every woman has a different experience. This woman will say, I actually gave birth. I had pain. 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 And joy. Another may say, Oh, I had pain for two days. I labored and labored and labored and labored. And then finally, the doctor said that we are going to operate you. But I said I must push. And on the last minute, the child came. 
That's another experience. Another woman will come. Brethren, praise God. You see my boy here. He even have something to point to. Do you see my my boy here? That's the fruit. If you have the Holy Ghost, you must have the fruit of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Do you see my boy here? Oh, I did not have peace for nine months. I couldn't eat. Appetite less. I didn't even love even clothes around me. Clothes I, my preferences changed. I became so slim while the tummy was being becoming big. My mouth was dry and my eyes sunk. I thought I was going to die. But one day when we went to that labor room Hallelujah. Amen. In Mukono. Hey, Mukono. At a hospital. Called so and so. At 11 o'clock. Something all of a sudden. Kicked one time. And the water broke. And I was rushed in. And at exactly 11 a.m. I passed this boy. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a definite experience. It is not a presumption. You know when. You know how. You know what time. You know what place. You know what you went through. And you know for sure. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not saying because I believe the word. You know, let me tell you something, church. Many preachers, even in this message, they tell the people, you know, when you receive the word, you have received the, the, the spirit. Because actually, Jesus said, the words that speak to you, they are life. And they are Spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they will say, I believe those words. And then I have the spirit. But wait a moment. Hallelujah. We understand that Jesus, like any man, all right, now you will understand you, the mature one. The man is happy if she receives his seed. The married brothers will say amen to this. It brings joy to the man. When she receives his seed. Jesus Christ yes, is so happy when we receive his seed. But now, many people will say it ends there. Okay. She may receive your seed a million times. And you'll be happy each time. But one day, you will say, Are you barren me? Why? 
Why are you calling up Alan when you receive the seed? You want that to have an experience. That experience is a childbirth experience. That seed which she has received must change her, must mold her. Ah, even her looks. She was tiny and slender. Her tummy will grow. Hallelujah. Amen. What is happening? The seed is changing her. What is the seed of God? The seed of God is the word of God. The Bible says it is an incorruptible seed. This seed cannot be corrupted. It is a pure seed. It's a perfect seed. It's the original seed. And we have received it. We have believed it. We have accepted it in the womb of our heart. At the moment you receive it, don't just be there receiving it for 20 years. And you are not having an experience. There is a problem somewhere. When you receive that seed, there is another thing that will accomplish the joy of your husband. That is the experience with his seed. Then one day, your husband will see you running to the bathroom. He will smile. Hallelujah. Oh, you will be oh, 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 yeah. oh, it's okay. <laughs> And then you will look the other side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then another day, oh, no, you no. just be there. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And then he will say sorry. But in, in, in the back there, he's laughing. <laughs> I'm a father soon. Hallelujah. Amen. And then on that day, when he sees the stomach going out, now, in the beginning, it was between you and your husband. But now everybody else begins to observe what is going on. Everybody can tell for sure you are, you are having an experience. Let me tell you something. When we receive Jesus Christ, in the beginning, it is between us and him alone. No one knows when the deepest of the world comes. And it impacts your soul. It changes your heart. It impacts your soul. The word is powerful. The Bible says it can divide the soul and the spirit. That's how powerful the word of God is. It's a seed. But when it happens initially, no one knows you are having something. They may look at you and judge you. They may say you are worldly. They may say you are not a believer. They may say you are backslidden. They may say you are, you, you are a make 
believer. They may say you are hypocrite. But they don't know something is happening. Something is happening. Something is happening. The word of God is sure. It is powerful. But you and him. No. But how long is it going to be that? The more of the word you have. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me even tell you this. The day you have that impact of the word. You can never remain the same. Even if you walk out. Let me tell you. Those of you who are here now. Oh, it's going to sound bad, but let me tell you, those of you are here now, if you will ever walk away from this world, you will be the most miserable. It's biblical scripture. There is no man who has ever heard the word and remained the same. Those who received it after hearing it, they were changed. The word changed them. Those who heard it and they rejected it, something bad happened. The Bible tells me the rich young ruler, when he came to Jesus and he heard the word, he heard the word, but he never received a seed. There is something about that. We will talk about it one day. He never received a seed. And when that happened, he went away sad in his heart. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, church? At first he was happy. He went away sad. For how long? For his entire life. He lost the true joy. Judas Iscariot. When he came to Jesus. He was with him for three and years and a half. But when he walked away. One time. He killed himself. Sad. So I want to pronounce to you today. The moment. The biggest mistake you have ever done in your life is to hear this word. And so you will never hear this word again. Amen. Amen. Because the word changed you. If you let that word change you, if you let that word have an experience with you, then it will have an everlasting impact in your heart, in your life, which will bring an everlasting joy. And then, you hear the word. Change you. Change you. Change. And one day, they'll begin to see the stomach. This time it will not be the belly. It will be your heart changing. You used to be bitter. And now you become happy. And sweet. People love being near you. What happened? This sister. When you talk to him, if you what happened? The word is having his impact. 
And then one day, Rumo, people begin to notice. They notice. And everybody knows. Ah, this one is a believer. But here is the problem. Many people don't reach the labor room. And maybe we have even some here. People have been a believer for more than five years. And you have never reached the labor room. Many do abortion. Hey. They think they have arrived before they have arrived. Because they know the Godhead. They know God said the prophet. They say, oh yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm thinking of the rapture. I have a question for you. Have you ever reached a labor word? It's not pregnancy we want. It is the birth. Kuzala. Bring forth. Make manifest. Have an experience. And I will tell you what it's called. It's called the experience of the Holy Ghost. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Keep pushing out. And one day, when you are in that world, you will push the last push. That life that is within you will have to come out. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what preachers are for. Preachers are helping you to push the baby. I am here. You know, in the world labor world, doctors and nurses don't speak politely. Like some of our good, good, nice inspirational speakers. Push the baby. Push. Hallelujah. That's why I'm not apologetic for shouting at you. For speaking with such zeal. Because this is life. And a true God called preacher will do the same thing. This is fire. This is life. Life is on the stake. Hallelujah. To some, we do operation. To others, we force them to prove that's the work of a preacher. I'm simply here to tell you, Sister Grace. Push. Sometimes you, you know, these mothers act funny. Push. Push. Now we can begin to worship. Hallelujah. 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 
But first, you must bring forth that child. I want to tell you, church, every one of you, if you are a child of God, you must have that experience. You must have that day when you know you have received the Holy Ghost. You know the day, you know the place, you know the time, you know even how you are. And you can retell the story. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what we are called to do. To receive his life. God the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not, does not make us immune. From temptation. Are you hearing me? Church, give me a few more minutes. Perhaps 10 or 15. Actually, it's within my time. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to finish now, but give me 10 more minutes. But it's the power. If you receive the birth of the Holy Ghost, you are not immune from temptation. But it is the power to keep us from falling into temptation. Amen. Amen. It's the power. You want to be tempted. But this power within you pulls you away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. From temptation. It is the power to live an overcoming life. By the end of this series, I'm going to ask those who have the Holy Ghost to raise up their hands. So don't be ashamed. I want you to, and I'm still encouraging you to kindly attend every service. I'm requesting I'm asking you to attend every service. Especially Sunday and, and, and uh, and the Wednesday. Be here. And be here on Friday overnight. When you, you can actually receive enough time to pray. Laying everything on the altar of self-sacrifice. Is the Holy Ghost is the power to live an overcoming life. So the individual has to be focused on the promise and their personal faith in that promise is the most important part. And your personal faith in that promise is a very important thing. Your personal faith in that promise. There, you know, some many people don't get a new birth because they don't have personal faith in it. They think you have to be super holy, super holy. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and ye shall seek me and find me. And, and when ye shall 
Search for me with all your heart. Are you sincere? That's the question. Brother Branham was, I read this quote from the prophet. He was telling the people, close up the bootleg joints. All the houses of Irfem. Take cigarettes off the counter. Let me keep this sold no more. Prove to all that we are sorry for ourselves. Close up the nightclubs. Get down on your knees and start praying. That's the way to start a revival. That's right. That's true. Think it over. Look at all the effort you are putting forth. They are all in vain. If you are seeking him and smoking, seeking him and drinking, seeking him and going to nightclubs. Everything is in vain until you really prove to God that you are sincere about it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I'll speak this public. I've never spoken it. One day, many years ago, I was not married. And I was living alone. And then I went uh, to some country. And uh, I had a brother, actually it was Brother Martin, who I asked to stay in my room while I'm away. And uh, I, I had these movies that I was watching. Um, and, and so I, in my heart, I was condemned about them. But somehow I was trapped. But when I reached somewhere, some place, the Holy Spirit convicted me so strongly. So strongly. And this batch of CDs was in a hidden place under my bed. And uh, I, I, I told, I, I, I got so convicted that I had to contact uh, Brother Martin. Brother Martin. So my, my Relationship with him comes a long way. And I asked him, I said, Brother Martin, I need you to do for me a favor. You still remember that? Do for me a favor. Please pick all those CDs. All of them. He said, where are they? I said, I told the place. Little did I know that he had already seen them. And he was waiting for me. <laughs> But here the Holy Spirit convicted me earlier. I told him, collect them. And I don't care whether you break them, burn them, or do anything you want. I gave you the liberty. And the moment I did that, I felt free. I felt free. I received a great, mighty experience. And let me tell you, church, church young men, young ladies, those things you are holding on, you have to let go. Uh, 
God does not tell lies. Katonda talimba. He will fill you. Ajakujuza. But he wants you to be sincere. Naye yakalobere mwesimbu. Look at all those efforts. I say everything is in vain until you really prove to God that you are sincere about it. Amanyi ko nagote kamugabwerere paka. Don't prove to me. Don't prove to any man. Prove to God that you are sincere about it. That's the way. Same way. Same way it is with healing. You might run through this prayer line. Run through another prayer line. You touch this one. Touch that one. Until you get down and prove to God you are sincere. Until you burn the bridges behind you. And say, here I am, Lord. Something is going to take place. There. So you see, it's not about the anointing of a man of God placing hands on You remember some of you who read the message, a woman who was in adultery. She had committed adultery. And her husband never knew. And she was a Sunday school teacher. And the man was a deacon. And the woman was hiding this for a long time. And she was becoming bazaar. She was becoming crazy. And her pastor never knew. They had prayed and nothing happened. Until Brother Branham the prophet came. So the pastor told the prophet, I'm requesting you lay your hands upon the sister. And when Brother Branham saw the sister, Oh, she's crying, Receiving the Holy Ghost is one of them. It's not a simple matter of laying one hand. It's not something of speaking. Receive. Forget about this. It's a matter of sincerity. Don't surrender to God. Do you understand what the Holy Spirit is? The Holy Spirit is a token. It's It's an assurance to you that you are going to the rapture. So God will not give it to you anyhow. And he is willing to give it to you. So he wants you to come to a place called total surrender. Total sincerity. Until you get down and prove to God you are sincere. And you burn the preachers behind you. Many people when they are running from the things behind them or the 
thing they used to do. They leave some bridges behind. This one, if I burn it, I may something may chase me and I may want to go over the bridge. So let me leave the bridge. What are the bridges? Watch it it might be that little contact you perish. You, you cherish. Please let me remain with this contract. I may need it one time. It might be that one person or one thing that you are so much attached to. Well, if I leave this thing, it's been comforting me. Let me repeat of everything. But if I remain with pornography, God will understand. Sure. You know, you will understand. And you leave that bridge behind you. You don't fully give it up. You don't fully give up something. A you don't fully give up those things that you know are not right. But you are keeping it as a is it called contingency or, or something that you will use in a, a difficult moment? You know, mm. you have to burn. Oh, I said burn. I said burn. Burn all the bridges behind you and say, Ogambe. Here I am, Lord. When do you do this? Not even when I'm preaching. When you are praying. When you are before the Lord, something is going to take place there. Something is going to take place there. And the prophet says, something about the Holy Spirit. You say, I've been seeking the Holy Ghost for years. I am not scolding you, but you are either mistold or something is wrong. Oh, you don't understand. Meaning you can never, if you're a true genuine Christian, you can never, you can never search for the Holy Ghost for years. God is obligated, God, God is under obligation to his word. Peter said on the day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the scripture. Just as clear as I know how to read it. And if you, my brother, you, sister, you, listen now, I'm about to finish. You repented and you are baptized then God is under obligation. People read this. And they say, let me wait. No, it means that moment God must give you. But if you do not receive, there is a problem somewhere. If your faith is right toward God, God is right under obligation to give you the Holy Ghost. The minute you obey His word, believe that God will vindicate it to you. Let us stand on our feet. Actually, it is in that same court.
He continues to say, if your heart is really right before God, and you are taught right, and believing it, and walk up there with, a, with assurance, something is going to happen. God is more willing to give you the Holy Ghost than you are willing to I would like us to worship the Lord for like five minutes. Before we go. And maybe you may not want to wait until the next service. This may be your time to surrender. This may be your time. Would you surrender? Very sorry moment. Before you go back to your home or to whatever business you are going to do, why don't you focus your heart? Are there bridges you need to burn? Are there things you need to put right before God?
you have heard the word we can do what the word says God is obligated to feed you with the word friends this is the most important thing none is more important than this none is more important none is more important oh hallelujah hallelujah Lord
Brother Martin. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the precious word you've given us. We thank you for the vessel you have used this day. We thank you, Father, for reminding us about our promises, Lord. For we are living in the time when the Bible says that the bride has made us all ready. And Jesus, we know that is the work of the Holy Ghost. And when it comes, Lord, you will bring all this precious word in our remembrance. You will give us the zeal to go higher, Lord, into perfection. We ask you, Father, to refresh our past, Continue expanding, Lord, giving me more progressive revelation, Lord. That Jesus, by the end of this service, Lord Jesus, that each one of us will be filled with the Holy Ghost, Lord. From the young to the old, Lord Jesus. That our worship will change, Lord. That our testimonies will change, Lord. Fathers, our desire. Lord. Help us part with the world. Help us remove the stone, Lord. Remember when you went to Mark, Father, to the grave of Lazarus. They had to remove the stone regardless how Lazarus was thinking, Lord. Lord, we know in our life there are some stinking areas, Lord. But help us remove them, stone. Help us part with the world. And the Holy Spirit help preeminent. And our soul will be gametized, Lord. Swar will be quickened in our soul. Even as we are going back to our homes, Lord. We pray that may your Holy Spirit go with us. Let this fire not stop here, Lord. It burning in our heart. Never leave us to rest, Lord. But every day increase the, your thirst in our heart, Lord Jesus. 
Father, we pray for tithes and offerings. You're going to give in your presence. That you'll bless every give according to your promise in thine word. Father, we thank you, Lord. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. Bless the night for our sake. Lead us several at our homes, Lord. Even those who are streaming with us, you may bless them, Lord. Even those who are far off, bless them, Jesus. Remember those children who will be coming back, Lord, for their holiness this Friday. We pray that, Lord, may you help them, Lord. For we bless you, we turn the grand honor to you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Let us just keep praying. I believe the Lord will give us revival. Cleaning ourselves. Uh, we believe something will happen. May God bless you. You are dismissed. Don't forget Friday overnight.